you are listening to Savage Radio, KSVG.org. City of License, Mettler, California? All right. Greetings, citizens of Earth, America, and California, and Bakersfield. You are listening to the Earl Parsons Project. I am your guru for the next hour. I'm your spiritual guide through this hour of audio content I'm about to provide for you. I had a weird month. A lot of weird stuff happened. We're going to get into it. It'll get sad. It'll get dark, but it'll be goofy because I'm goofy and I'm a human platypus. I've always identified with the platypus as an animal just because it, it just feels like it doesn't belong. Like it feels like a thing that should not exist. If I had a coat of arms, I would want a platypus on it. All righty then. We are going to play some jams. This is a very special episode. I'm going to play some stuff that I wouldn't normally play here on the show, some older stuff. Why don't we hear some Al Green on Savage Radio, ksvg.org. I'll be sending a call, let's say around 3.30 Queen pen and black KSVG.org, Savage Radio Here we go it begins. Welcome. There's the repeat button on Savage Radio, KSVG.org. Thanks, iTunes. We're having technical difficulties all over. The recording stopped earlier. Just for no reason, the recording stopped. Super cool. Super chill, bro. Laid back, man. Okay. <laughs> California people, everything has to be relaxed. I think that's a California thing. It's like, are you mellow right now? If not, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> but um, this is the Earl Parsons Project. We've been on a bit of a hiatus. We've been this year. There's been a lot of hiatuses. It's been a turbulent year for Savage Radio. A turbulent year for me. On October 8th. 2016, my mother, Lynette Moore, passed away. She was 52 years old. She was born here in Bakersfield. 1964, grew up in Oildale. When I went to the same high school she did, North High School. She was a very kind, empathetic woman who always went out of her way from every for everyone. She was always... She, ne- she never had much. We never had much growing up, but she always gave everything that she had to everyone. And I felt she had kind of infinite love for so many people. And my ha- I had kind of a turbulent home situation. I kind of grew up in like a flop house kind of situation where... Um, oh, yeah, there are ghosts here, by the way, uh, on Savage Radio. It's haunted. <laughs> but, yeah. 
yeah, I kind of had a turbulent home situation where people were up all hours of the night. Hi, Angie. Up all hours of the night, do uh, you know drug? A lot of addiction, a lot of a uh, crank. Was, my mom was a crank addict, and her, all her people were involved in that. And I remember just like waking up at two thirty, three in the morning sometimes, and there was just a party going on in my house. People destroying things, hammering nails, and and you know doing and being productive. It's a cr- methamphetamine is a very weird sort of Nazi drug where it's like. Oh, I have to create right now. I have to do. I have to make production for capitalism. Blah, 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 blah. It's like the. It's like the ultimate fascist drug, because it, all you want to do is produce, you, you procreate. Number one, you love. Sex is is, is amazing. They have sex for hours, and and then they yeah. It, it's a. Uh, and, and that you just want to build things and make make physical objects to clutter the world up and and destroy the environment. But yeah, I had a lot of addiction, but she was a very kind-hearted woman. She always did everything she needed to do to take care of us. She had so much empathy for uh, for everyone else. I think she saw a world where everyone was hurting and everyone was in pain and no one was willing to do anything about it. And I think she felt like she was the only person who could do anything because she was the only person who had the heart and was willing to do so. I think she was so consumed by that that made her unable to take care of herself in a lot of ways and she had diabetes sort of in the last few years of her life and uh, uh and the, uh, that and the and coming up and down off the drugs and everything it just it, it all came to a head and uh it, it really and she she passed with uh, but uh uh she inspired my love of music and comedy and art and all the things that I that have led me into the, all, along the path that my life has gone on, and uh, we I remember as a kid we would watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast and like Kids in the Hall, and uh, like listen to music. She loved music, and I think that's where my passion for music came from. She loved Tupac. Tupac was uh, Tupac Shakur. The the she had a message. I also think it was like the only black guy she thought was cute, and. Uh, and yeah, she liked him. She like uh, she she loved mu- new music too. That was one thing that uh, that I can get from her is that she was always re- uh, open to new music. I remember she had a boyfriend who got her into Primus. Like in the last few months of of, of her life, she was really super into Primus and was watching Primus videos and stuff. So yeah, she was she had the weirdest, like the most eclectic taste in everything, and I and that, I definitely absorbed that and. Like weird comedy '90s stuff, uh, like Kids in the Hall, classic SNL, uh, that sort of influ- uh, Ren and Stimpy, Space Ghost, that sort of influenced my sense of humor and my sort of comedic sensibilities. And you know, I was really grateful to have someone who had that universal acceptance in my in my life. There, I hear so many stories about how people are like, "Oh, my mommy wasn't there for me and he didn't my dad didn't go to my football practice and so now I slam heroin." Wah. Like, no. I never felt for a second that I wasn't loved and accepted no matter what I did or who I was. <laughs> well, I mean to be and to be fair, she didn't really have like much much to live up to or leave behind either but you know, like so yeah it was never like a question of like oh i'm not i'm not performing at her level because i already like i was helping her 
do her paperwork and stuff from like third, fourth grade. She had, she was like, she was a little dyslexic, and I think that's what actually led her into drugs. Is in the 70s they just gave everybody Ritalin uh, for your problems, and and uh, it's, it's just a really strong stimulant, and you don't need you don't, you don't need to be taking like eight, nine year old kids probably shouldn't be taking Ritalin, and and uh, I think that's what led her into uppers uh, for for sure. She loved, to, she loved to cook. She made biscuits and gravy. That was really good. She could take a meal out of, like, scraps. And uh, she was a dumpster diver, too. She uh, did a lot of digging out of the dumpster and picking up trash and feeding, feeding the homeless. She did feed a lot, of, a lot of people out on the riverbed. We were homeless a lot. I think I remember living out of cars and living in hotel rooms. And, and yeah, and so and she had an empathy for that and tried to reach out to anyone give him a she would give him somebody a place to stay a meal to eat all over town and we had our, our memorial for her uh about two weeks after she passed and it was really beautiful ceremony i didn't we didn't want a thing at a church that was real fancy or whatever like I mean, that, that we wanted something that her friends could go to her river people and stuff so we we rented out Riverview Park in Oildale, which if you don't know, it's a it's a pretty rough park in the, in the the scary part of Oildale, and uh, we just put flyers up because uh, I've made a Facebook event or whatever, but a lot of our friends don't have access to computers, so we kind of put flyers up around the neighborhood. We had over like a hundred people show up to say their goodbyes to her, and it was really cool. Uh, I'd never really experienced anything like that, and. Yeah, I that if I when I go out, that's the way I want to go. I don't want to be in a church. I, yeah, just cremate me and ha- hold a little thing. Have a couple of my friends there. It was nice. I said some words about empathy and about helping people, and uh, I kind of the point I wanted to make was at, at that was that she was one person and she helped the hundreds of people over her life in Oildale, and. And and uh, she was one. She did so much to help everyone, and she was one person. And she felt that burden to help everyone because no one else would. But if we all just did a little bit to help the people around us, that you wouldn't, she wouldn't, you wouldn't need to have people who have who feel that burden to help as many people as they can. And you know, I've had a lot of time to process sort of uh, yeah, what how I feel and how I want to treat people and where I want to go in the future and and uh yeah I want to thank everybody who did come out to that I saw a lot of her friends a lot of my friends came a lot of my uh, a lot of my grandma's friends extended family and stuff so it was uh it was all really nice so that's all I had to say about that <clears throat> let's uh let's back announce some music shall we we heard well y- if you were listening on Facebook you didn't get to hear it because our buddy Mark Zuckerberg decided that you don't deserve to hear Black Street or uh, the band Black Street with their song No Diggity, their hit song. Uh, that section was all music that my mom loved. She was, uh, she, and I just kind of wanted, like in three songs, kind of capture the eclectic taste for music that she had. And uh, that was No Diggity by Black Street. Before that, we had Merle Haggard. She always bragged that she saw Merle Haggard like 13 times. Merle Haggard, of course past this year as well man we've uh we lost a lot of good people and uh whatnot but yeah we heard mama tried that's off the greatest hits and uh before that 
We led it with Al Green. Let's stay together off the off Al Green's greatest hits. This is I, I made a little playlist of some of her favorite music. I'm actually going to put that on Spotify, I think, today and then post it on my Facebook. Maybe post it on the Savage Radio Facebook. It was a really nice uh, playlist I made. I'm pretty sure I can find most of this stuff on Spotify. There might be some uh, some obscure stuff on there. But, yeah, I made I put together a little video slideshow and music thing for the ceremony, and uh, it, it was really nice, and people got a lot of peace from it. So... I wanted to tell you guys about a very special show happening at the Mint this Tuesday. By the way, if you're in radio, don't do what I just did and caught and clear your throat right into the microphone because your listeners might not like the sound of it. Just a, just a good idea. But uh, tonight at the Mint, the infamous Mint, famous and infamous, the band Faya, the Riot Girl punk band Faya. We'll be there to rock our minds out. It's going to be really cool. Uh, I'm excited. I want to go to that, but I probably won't because I have work at 8 in the morning making websites. i got to make websites for the man at 8 in the morning, so I'm probably not going to go. I really, really, really want to go, though, so bad. But, yeah, there's that. All righty then. The time is 4.24 p.m. post-meridian here on Savage Radio. We are going to play some more music. When we come back, when we come back, oh, there the thing is. Okay, when we come back, we're going to play some music. We're going to talk about my trip to Desert Days that I took the week after my mom died, which was maybe not a bad idea, but it was one of the coolest, most optimistic, strange experiences of my life. I want to describe it in excruciating detail. So let's, uh, let's have the OCs, one of the bands I saw at the Desert Days Festival at Joshua Tree Resort. The OCs, the greatest living band on the planet Earth after seeing them live. I am fully convinced of this, and nothing can convince me otherwise. They are the apotheosis of guitar-based music. Here we go. Savage Radio. This is The Real Parsons Project. Welcome. You are listening to Savage Radio, KSVG.org, Kern County's only community radio station. I am your intrepid host, your Sherpa for this show. 
It's my show, The Earl Parsons Project, my weekly exercise in narcissism. I talked about my mommy dying and how sad it was. But now, we're ready to party. We're ready to have some fun. We just heard Toro y Moi with so many details. The song off of the album, Anything in Return. I saw them at Desert Days. All this, all the, the, the set list we just heard was music I heard at Desert Days Festival. It was the first year. It was three days. They held it at the Joshua Tree Institute of Mental Physics, and I'll talk about what that all entails later. Before that, we had Foxygen. Foxygen with the seminal album... We are the 21st century ambassadors of peace and magic. Maybe one of the best albums of the of the 2010s so far. San Francisco is the song. It was very sort of a metaphor for modern San Francisco. There's like the romanticized 60s version of San Francisco, and there's the libertarian hellscape that San Francisco has now become. And the song is sort of about the contrast between those things. And, and what, what it means to sort of be from California. Little stuff like that. Identity, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I went to school for writing, by the way. I went to school to analyze creative art. And I'm not very good at it. <laughs> so, yeah. They played a bunch of stuff off their new album. The new Foxygen album is going to be so dope. They, uh, It's kind of has like a vaudeville-y, like, uh, like ragtime vibe to it. And I'm really excited. They're gonna. They're sort of turning a corner from Anstar Power and some of the the drugs and the violence and some of the stuff that they had been known for previously. And then we let it off with the greatest band on the planet Earth, the OCs. They are the apotheosis of guitar-based music, in my opinion. The distillation of all guitar-based music: Hendrix, punk rock. He had. It's. It's the. Like the improv, he has the improvisation and the the wild energy of a Jimi Hendrix, but with the crowd control and the rage and the anger of like a Henry Rollins. This guy being, of course, John Dwyer, the founder of Castleface Records, also has a great side project called Damaged Bug. But yeah, that was the greatest experience I've ever had in a in at a concert. The uh, the mosh pit was this very safe but warm kind of feeling to it. You uh, you should see the OCs. They have a new album coming out this Thursday. I forget what it's called, but yeah, the song we heard from the OCs was called "A Tickle- Ticklish Warrior" off of the album "A Weird Exits." So this the the Facebook feed it looks like it's done, but whatever. So, Desert Days, it was held at this very weird mystical place called the Institute of Mental Physics out in the desert in Joshua Tree. If you've ever seen a Joshua Tree, it's the thing from the U2 album, blah, blah, blah. But there are these very cool plants. Uh, I, went, I was up at the desert. It was, it, was, it was a mixture of like cool indie rock stuff with sort of some granola hippie kind of nonsense. So the Institute of Mental Physics was founded by the dude that the movie Coon Dune is based on. He was a member of British royalty. I'm forgetting his name. It's Sir blah, blah, blah. Sir Sir John the Oppressor or whatever. <laughs> he fled to Tibet 
out of fear and uh, out of, uh, 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 just to have a new experience when he was really young. A bunch of a bunch of Bud- a bunch of uh, Tibetan Buddhists, mon- uh, Tibetan monks decided that he was a Lama. He was one of the Dalai Lamas. So he that whole thing played out the way it played out. Twenty years later, after sort of leaving Tibet. He moved to the desert and started this place called the Institute of Mental Physics. It's this beautiful structure out in the middle of the desert. Frank Lloyd Wright designed all the buildings. Yeah, Frank Lloyd Wright, the famed architect, designed all the buildings to it. I'm sorry if you're watching on Facebook. There, it's it's uh, it's just not gonna happen. But um, yeah, it, he designed all the all the buildings. There, it, it's sort of this mystical, strange place where uh, they practice these 10-day silence retreats and stuff. And, uh, and so there's a mixture of really cool music with some, like, hippie granola spirituality nonsense. And and I, I participated in this thing called a sound bath. It was a Native American sound bath. The shaman woman sat us all down in a tent, the little yoga tent that they had out in the back. And... She start. She uh, had us all sit down, and she started hitting this like gong. It was like a gong it, or a cymbal. It reverberated out like a tuning fork. We all had our eyes closed. We were sitting up. She then, once she stopped playing, hitting that, she we all laid down, and she started ululating, sort of uh, just shout singing like. I'm doing it a complete disservice, but you get the idea. Um, and a lot of people were very affected, very emotional by this and including me, I had this feeling that I was outside of my body, by the way, not on drugs. I promise you, I had this feeling like I was outside of my body and my mom was there with me and protecting me against these demons. And then the demons, I felt this darkness sort of come out of me and leave my body and flee out into the desert and supposedly that's what the ceremony was about she said that the song she sung was based on the the noises that she heard from our souls and it was very strange experience we also camped next to these two people who i'm convinced were like hologram shadow people uh i forget their names but I, well, me and Sean Tidwell, shout out to Sean Tidwell. You can check out Derailed Conversations, our podcast. It's good stuff. But, yeah, I we call these guys Lego and the Kid because one of the dudes was, like, 19. He had, like, five hits of acid. And uh, we were we were really worried about him because young trippers like that that are looking for something, you usually end up into opiates. You know, like someone young doing a lot of psychedelics. Like, they don't without really a purpose no no like guidance people like that usually end up in the hands of heroin and oxy and xanax and stuff and but uh yeah I, so we called him the kid and this other guy lego we called him lego because he looked like a lego man like like colin kaepernick used to before the afro and the political stuff like colin kaepernick had the had like the short hair like a lego man uh carlos boozer the nba player like that painted on like fake black hair anyway they had won a contest to be there and they they camped out in one of like the seating areas where like the spirituality stuff happens like uh, near the temple 
of the of of the building instead of in the designated camping area because they got super they got there super early and no one told them to leave they just packed their stuff up and decided that hey maybe this is the place where we should be and they literally rolled down a hill we saw them rolling down a hill with all their stuff to sit down with us and then yeah we hung out with them for most of the weekend and then a dog took them home there was a there was a dog playing classical music in a tent and uh, he had his car parked just in the street blocking people and there kept people kept saying hey will the guy playing classical music stop doing that and then me and Sean had a running joke because I wanted to see a dog all weekend. I was like, oh man, I want to see a dog this weekend. I hope there's a dog here in the desert. <laughs> and we saw like a short-haired terrier. Uh, <laughs> and we're convinced that the that this terrier was Tom the dog, our friends, Lego and the kids ride home. So that's kind of how the, that's kind of how that story went. They disappeared. It was really weird because no one ever interacted with them it was just us interacting with them no one ever spoke to them it was like it was almost like a fight club situation where i'm pretty convinced they weren't real but uh yeah the desert is weird is weird i i'm a very skeptical person i'm a very scientific person but that experience opened my mind up to things that i never would have expected and it was all exciting and good fun all righty let's Let's go to a break. When we come back, I'm gonna play one more song and we're gonna say goodbye. And and uh, so it'll be good times. Why don't we hear a word from our sponsors here on Savage Radio KSVG.org? This is the Earl Parsons Project. Thank you all for listening to the Earl Parsons Project. I've been Earl Parsons. I'll continue to be him into the near future. But I've got to take the bus back to Oildale where I belong. So let's say what we've heard. We heard one song from the producer Sam I Am featuring Earl Sweatshirt. One of the best rappers working today, formerly of Odd Future. He's kind of doing his own thing now. Really great young talent. That song was called Mirror. That's off of Sam I.M.'s album Animals Have Feelings. It's mostly instrumental stuff, but it's really good. This, this album and the new DJ Shadow have been on steady repeat for me during this time when I just kind of want to hear some fun, like, dancey stuff to to jam to so check that out animals have feelings also check out the new dj shadow album run the jewels is on it it's very good all right we're gonna close this show out but i'm going to play a little segment called tweets of the week this is 
uh, I, I read, I go through my faves list on Twitter. By the way, they're not called faves anymore. They're called likes because they turn the star symbol into a heart symbol, which is one of the, uh, just one of the many indications that Twitter has no ideas as a company and will be bankrupt in about three years. And we'll all just move on to the new Twitter, whatever that becomes. This is from Monster Factory Bot from the popular Monster Factory video series uh, put out by Polygon.com. My two, two of the funniest people on earth, Griffin McElroy and Justin McElroy, two brothers, they build these nightmarish creatures using the creative player settings on video games. And they do a d different video game every video. And they make these horrifying, hard-to-look-at, uncanny valley-ridden nightmares. They're po polygonal nightmares. Anyway, uh, this, this tweet... The, this 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 Twitter account just retweets things that they say in the video series, and it says, "Welcome to my welcome to the ring, America's burden, our grim legacy, God's favorite mistake." <laughs> All righty, this is uh, some a little political content from my man Rob Wisman at Rob Wisman, very smart writer. He says. You're not entitled to anything, said the wise baby boomer who thinks the Earth's wealth of coal and fossil fuel was left to him in a will. <laughs> our, last our last tweet, Allison Stone, one of the hosts of the great podcast Amateur Hour, at Hotgis on Twitter. You could follow them, Allison Stone, Ali Wachowski, and Nusha. They're three really funny girls from Chicago. Women. They're women. They're in their twenties. They and they just talk about their their bodies, and 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 all kinds of really gross stuff, and and, uh, and how they want to have sex with Guy Fieri and stuff. So, uh, she Allison Stone. She writes, "I'm trying to get fingered with one of those big novelty foam fingers. So hit me up." This has been the Earl Parsons Project. I've been Earl Parsons. We're getting out of here. I've got one last song for you guys. It is from another artist I heard at Desert Days. We're going. We're we're maybe going a little overtime here on the show, but it's Gary Wilson, a very weird, dark artist. We're gonna hear from his album, Mary Had Brown Hair. This song is called Debbie Debbie. I am Earl Parsons. Thank you, and remember, Beavis is Butthead's son. Good night. a gun to my head, but I just can't understand what it feels.